Welcome back to the Miss the Pod. Before I get to the episode, I just wanted to share a bit with you about Lemis the brand. I created Lemis for personal reasons as I'm a huge candle lover and I started worrying about what I was inhaling with some of the more luxe brands and even some of the just like more, you know, cute little um like artisanal brands. You just never know what's in something until you start doing your research. And so I did, and I started playing around with essential oils and learning more about aromatherapy, and thus began the journey into creating a clean, luxe, sustainable home fragrance brand called La Uh, We launched with four scents, and there are so many more to come. I created this podcast as a way to support the brand, but also to provide you with something beautiful, uplifting, and cozy to listen to while you have your candle lit. So to learn more about the brand, you can head over to www.lamis.com, L-A-M-I-S-C.com. You can also check us out on the Instagram handle, which is um, at La Miss Studio, so L-A-M-I-S-C Studio, and there's so much more to come, but in the meantime, please enjoy the episode. Welcome to La Miss Pod, a podcast featuring creatives, entrepreneurs, and interesting folks doing interesting things. These are real conversations covering topics such as career journey, life challenges and triumphs, romance, self-care, and all the miscellaneous things. Welcome back to La Miss the Pod. I'm your host, Dana, and today we have Lucas Passmore on as a guest. He is a fashion photographer based in Los Angeles, and I've had the pleasure of working with him multiple times. He attended Chicago's Columbia um, College for Film, and then he decided to create his own films. He even went to a bunch of film festivals, and then he worked for as an assistant to an agent at CAA in Los Angeles. And after doing that for a couple of years, he decided to leave that job to pursue his passion of photography. And, you know, obviously the rest is history. His talent and and sort of ease with the camera has led him to work with notable fashion clients such as Reeboks and Rails, as well as publications such as Numero Magazine and Mary Claire Malaysia. He talks to us about his career journey and work process, as well as his inspiration. Um, we also talked about being a homebody and his love of being at home with his wife in Pasadena. And then we were lucky enough to hear about the story of how he met his wife. Um, so that was really fun for me. I always love those kinds of love stories. So um, enough of my chatting. Um, please enjoy this episode of Lucas Passmore. Hello. Hi. So let's talk about where you're currently living in LA. I think you live in Pasadena, right? 
Correct. Yeah, I am sheltered in Los Angeles as I have been for 17 years. I used to have, I used to live downtown LA for about 11 years. And uh, my wife, who was like, okay, man bun, tight jean photographer, you've had your trendy photographer's loft in downtown. Time to get me a house in the suburbs. Anyway, I moved to this, I moved to Pasadena and I went kicking and screaming. And within a month, I was in heaven. It's yeah. so clean out here, free parking, doesn't smell like pee. Like, I love Pasadena I, and you're so close to the Rose Bowl. You could just like yeah. go every single time. And so did you go to school out in LA or do, like how? No, I went to Columbia College Film School. It's a film, it's a fine art school slash film school because that's located downtown Chicago, also where I'm from. So it was, it was close to home, which I liked. So, okay, um, so what did you do once you got to LA? What were you? I was working at the William Morris Agency or, or as it's known now, the William Morris Endeavor Agency, which is... They, and, they represent art, don't yeah. they? Or is that the other one? They, 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 they can represent artists. It's all kind of one big umbrella now. It's yeah. been around for about 100 years. What were you years, doing so. there? I can't believe this. <laughs> no, um, I was, but, I was well, an assistant. Yes. Isn't it the mailroom and then being an assistant? I actually, that's funny. I, uh, I jumped right on the day of my first interview. And I went straight to a desk, which was really unusual. But I think it was because the agent couldn't go a day without having an assistant. And so he's like, he, he couldn't have like a temp. He needed to hire someone right away. And how long were you working there for? I was there, I was there about just shy of a year and a half. And then I jumped over to be an assistant to a writer, uh, a big writer. Um, so it was on that writer's desk that I kind of started photography uh, as a side kind of thing. Just, it was, because I went for to, yourself. yeah, because I went to, I went to film school. I went to film school to be a director and I directed a short film like with all the film transfers and the DI and hiring the editor and scoring and like, it cost me 16 grand. And so mm -hmm. like, I wanted an outlet to kind of still tell stories visually, but I didn't want to have to always commit to like getting a crew and getting a camera and having to make transfers. So it's just like, that's why, that's why I took up still photography to, to kind of express that. And I was mm -hmm. always interested in people. So instead of actors, I'd, uh, I went to Model Mayhem and started getting models to try to like, you know, stand in so I could tell my stories, you know, in a single image. And that it kind of just evolved from there. And that kind of took over. And once I kind of graduated from Model Mayhem, the testing for agencies, I started gaining momentum. And then I didn't, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do this now. So I kind of, I left my job as an assistant, uh, as a writer's assistant, and focused on that. So, so tell me, I want to know, when you made that leap to doing it full time, did you have clients at that point? No, I didn't you... have a client. I, I shot for four years before I ever got a paid client. So I was working as a bartender. So how did you support yourself? Yeah, sure. I was working as a bartender. Okay. There is a Where? bar downtown called Perch. It's the rooftop bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing that four, four nights a week. So like Wednesday through Saturday. And then uh, the other time I was shooting. And I started out with small agencies. Started out with like Q models and Wonder. And then I took a workshop from prolific LA photographer, Kessler Tran. And at that workshop, there was the New Faces agent from LA Models. So this, this New Faces agent at this workshop was a personal friend of Kessler's, this is from him working with agents for so long. And she decided to come on to do portfolio reviews for all the attendees. And when it got to be me, she went through my portfolio. She went through the whole thing without saying a word. I was like, oh great, here it comes. Then she shot it and then she reopened it again and says, okay, so I like this image. I hate this model. I like this image. I hate this model. I like this image. I hate this model. She's like, okay, I want to take all your models out of your images. I want to put mine in. 
So, uh-huh. so she's like, I like your style. I want you to come shoot for me. I, you can shoot my entire board, as many as you want. I'm not gonna pay you, but they're, they're yours if you want them. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, uh, I'll see you on Monday or I'll call you on Monday. So I started exclusively testing for LA models for about six months. I shot most of her board. That was a way for me to really take my portfolio up another notch. Okay, so you finished after six months doing the board, basically. And mm-hmm. so what did you get like a, how did you start getting your own job? So Tumblr was really big back then. This is about 2013, 2014. So I was starting to post a lot of my LA models tests to my, to my Tumblr, which still exists, by the way. And I started getting calls from other agencies. So slowly and systematically, like, Next, Wilhelmina, Photogenics, Ford, Vision, et cetera, started a call and said, hey, saw your stuff or, you know, we saw your shot with this girl. Would you like to start testing for us? And so it started to expand, right? So what really changed everything is there, there's a medium-sized agency called New, N-O-U-S. They contacted me and said they wanted to start working with me testing-wise, and I agreed. And they're like, we have this young girl. She's very green. But, you know, we like your vibe and we want you to, we want to see what, you know, you can do with her to kind of like, you know, get a certain, you know, aesthetic or a performance out of her. You know, sometimes girls, especially new girls, they just kind of like stand very statically in front of a camera. I always consider modeling acting without lines, you know, so it's like kind of loosen her up and get her moving and kind of get her to, to get to translate that energy she has in real life. When just talking to her without a camera, we want to we want to try to make sure she we can you can capture that through your lens. And I was like, okay, great, whatever. You know, I said, all right, uh, have her come over, bring her. She was fifteen, so like bring her mother. Obviously, it goes without saying. Mm-hmm. So it was just another test I had done. You know, dozens of them before, and I shot her walking out of my pool, and I just posted that along with the rest of her set on my Tumblr, like I do with everything else. And uh, a week later, I got a call from the owner of New. And the first thing she said is, do you know what's going on right now? And I was like, what? I did not do it. Her mother was there. What are you talking about? And she started laughing. She was like, no, 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 no. Check your Tumblr. And I'm like, okay. She's like, go to this image. The one picture of Alexis that I had posted in one week had gotten 1 million reposts. And I was like, holy shit. She's like, yeah, like she's blowing up. Like all of a sudden, all these clients are like, who is this girl? What's going on the internet? The internet was blowing up. Who is this girl? Who is this girl? But then like a small fraction of it was like, well, who shot this photo? And so those mm. people started contacting me. It's like, oh, we saw your pictures of Alexis. What, what's your what's your rate for a lookbook? And I was like, I call my I call my mentor Kessler. I was like, what is a lookbook? <laughs> you know, like I didn't know. <laughs> and so it's it kind of started from there. And I just slowly started shooting for actual clients. But um, because I shot Alexis, so many models like like they wanted me to shoot them. They're like, oh, maybe he can do the same magic that he did with her right. with me. And that's not yeah. that's not how it works. But now it's in a position to be like, okay, this is $500 if you want to shoot with me. And they're like, okay, here you go. I'm like, shit, really? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you'd say yes. So, Were you like, able to quit your um, bar gig yes. at this point? Yes, I was able to quit, yeah. Oh, mazel. Yeah. I'm so happy. So okay. yeah. And that, that kind well, of- that's awesome. And I'm very excited about you getting your break. I love those kinds of stories. Um, in terms of inspiration, like your photography does have very much like a nature element to it. Yeah. So where do you get most of your inspiration from? There's, there's, there's definitely a top three inspiration, but one person, and he's mired in controversy now, which I'm, I'm really ashamed that he is. 
and it's unfortunate. Bruce but, um, Weber. Bruce Weber. The old Abercrombie and Fitch catalogs. Abercrombie and Fitch used to be yeah, a very your controversial. Your is very like it's the first <laughs> reference that comes to mind yeah. for sure. Abercrombie and Fitch back in the '90s and early 2000s used to be a very controversial, very edgy brand, and it's that true. was because under the tenure uh, of Bruce Weber, who shot basically did all the campaigns for about a decade. It really pushed the boundaries as far as what lifestyle photography that would eventually become. Like he basically, Bruce with Abercrombie specifically made lifestyle photography cool. They really evoked emotion because it felt like you were kind of in on Bruce's, for lack of a better word, fantasy. Like, you know, he's, he's creating these like beautiful images of young people who are like healthy and in, in shape and they're running around. They're all fun and, you know, kind of a fluid sexuality thing going, which is really where the controversy started. And it was just very like arresting. And I was like, as a you know young kid, I'm like, Ooh, like I want to be in that scenario. I want to be on a cool beach in you know, Montauk, New York, you know, boating, you know, out to rafts and having fun with a bunch of attractive people. Like I want to, I want to be doing that. Oh, what do I do? Okay. I'm going to buy Abercrombie clothes. And that right. taught me that lesson that I carry through today as a photographer, which is uh, what you're going to be hired to do is to help create, foster, or perpetuate the story that a brand is trying to tell. And that story is like, that's why people buy clothing. Every company has their own MO and their own branding, you know, yeah. so you're, you're a big part of that. Part, Correct. Right? Yeah. You're the creation of that. So... But in terms of actual inspiration, are you inspired by nature? Are you inspired by movies? Yeah, like personally, I'm inspired a lot by nature because it's just, it's just your built-in movie set. You know what I mean? Especially mm -hmm. like a cool place. It transports you to a world, which again, fosters that storytelling. You know, in, in a movie, mm -hmm. in a movie where your setting is definitely helps add to the story, that the bigger story that the film is trying to sell or tell. If you, and also, like, I just prefer natural light as well. Like, I, I can light studio just fine, but, like, God has this beautiful light in the sky, uh, and that's the one I care about most, you know, so. Yeah, um, your, stuff, your stuff outdoors is definitely, like, that's what enticed me to working with you and reaching out. Yeah. I loved your work. I thought it was so beautiful. And, and then when we did work together, you were so easy and, like, you're very chatty with the yeah. model, and you <laughs> yeah. definitely put her at ease. And you get a lot out of her by doing that as well. And then you just know how to give good direction. And it's just an easy shoot. Like it really is. And that's what everyone wants, you know? I think I do that because A, I'm just, one of the reasons I love doing photography is just because you get to meet so many people. You've got such a amount of time to gain a model's trust. And so it's like, you know, if you're, if you're exposing yourself, you know, no pun intended, if you're exposing yourself, to, to someone, you want to feel like you're in good hands. And I, as often as I can, I try to take it you know, at least 10 minutes to put the camera down and be like, hi, I'm Lucas, what is your name? If you just make them feel at ease and they, and, and they trust you, it just makes your job easier and it makes the images easier. Totally, so it's 100%. just like, take 10 minutes and be like, hi, hello, human being. I'm also a human being. <laughs> let's, yeah, yeah. let's talk about and that. With, and, and you know what else I remember about our shoots is that you'd always have an assistant or an intern with you. What's so nice is that you took the time to like nurture that talent too and explain and kind of mentoring these people that are, you know, helping you out too. It's, 
it was really nice to see. Thank you for recognizing that. I definitely do that because I was in their position. Like I was an assistant and the ones that actually took the time with me, like that meant the most and that helped me the most. It's, it's a pay it for type of thing. You know, it's like, I love that shit. I think, you know, if and when I retire, if there's, a, if there's an opportunity, I would love to, to teach <laughs> photography. I think it's really like, that's something that you should do. Oh my goodness. I feel All like right. that would also bring you so much joy. Just, just a suggestion. I will do it sheerly because I want the name professor. <laughs> professor I don't Luke know Preston. how they categorize it. I think it's more instructor, but Hey, whatever, whatever floats. I'll, right? I'll, even if it's instructor, I'll make all my students call me professor and I'll get like an Argyle sweater and have like the little patches on my elbows. It'll be cool. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So I have another quick question. Sure. What do you, Okay, in terms of the actual process, do you think it is interacting with the model and your team, or is there something else that you love about the process? It's definitely interacting with the models and my team. Like, it just, especially if it's a multi day campaign or lookbook, like, it's almost like you're going away to summer camp. And so, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's like a little family. And as, as a photographer, you definitely are like a director, you're the leader. And it's your job as a director to kind of set the tone and mood for the day or for the multiple days. And and I always try to make it so everyone is taken care of and heard and everyone has is comfortable and has what they need and, and like I want to have fun. And so by the end, even if it's a full day shoot, you feel like you've been at camp for like a month. And it's like, oh, you know, sorry, we have to leave. Uh, call me. Let's work together again. Let's collaborate, you know. Uh, so it's, I kind of like that process. So that's interesting. I mean, you are a bit of a chatterbox. So a little bit in that sense, it makes sense. <laughs> But in the best of ways. Thank you. No? Like, <laughs> so anyways, I want to also know in terms of when it is like a high, high stakes kind of shoot and there are a lot of players like the art director, the producer, the client, maybe the client's art director. Like there's all these mm -hmm. people that might be on set. How the hell do you manage like your sanity? Uh, there's two, there's two answers. One is prep, 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 previs, prep, brief your assistants you know, have as many conversations with the client going in, going into those days as possible. Make sure everyone's on the same page, you know, your locations, know what you're going to do. And also like, know your talent, like research, who, who are you shooting? You know, yeah. and like, and look at their portfolio, realize that like, okay, like it's, I noticed that she's always has her head down and to the left. Okay. Interesting. That might, that must mean that she really likes that angle. It's an angle that looks really good on her. Now let's look at her social media or his social media. Let's see kind of like what, you know, outside of a professional set, you know, it's like, how are they interacting? Like, how do they seem like, am I going to, am I walking into somebody who's going to have an attitude? And if I do, they kind of think they're too cool for school. All right. Then I know how to come in there right up, right off the bat and mitigate that. Um, but I think like, and I, I, this is certainly not the case for everybody, but the majority of the talent that I've encountered, that's quote unquote difficult or just a little, you know, aloof. It's, it's, insecure. it's insecurity. And so what you do yeah. is show them that they're going to be taken care of. Show them that you know what you're doing. And, and how you do that is you act like you know what you're doing. It's pack leadership. Like, okay, that guy's in charge. Okay, thank God. I can relax. Once they see that you're not in charge or, you know, you're not acting in charge, that's when panic starts setting in. And that's, that shit is like, that spreads like wildfire. So. What about, okay, so what were some of your favorite shoots that you've done? Because you've traveled a lot for work too. Yeah, so my, I think one of the shoots that really tested me as a photographer was I was going with a client, we went to Venice, Italy. And we went in February and we're shooting a, a great model, uh, Moa Aberg from IMG New York. 
and we're going to shoot a lookbook in in the you know the streets of Venice, Italy. And we got there uh, two days ahead of time, and for two days we did we did tech scout. We we planned out all our locations, and then we wake up the morning of the shoots, every hair and makeup uh, in the villa, and we go outside, and the streets are fucking like swarmed. And <laughs> what the producer unfortunately did not n- neglected to uh, the research was the day of our shoot was the same day as Carnival, which is, oh, uh, uh, which is a big like mask kind of uh, masquerade kind of like day in Venice. It celebrates, <laughs> it's a throwback to something that ha- happened historically. I'm not sure. Oh my God. That and so like on that day, like a hundred thousand tourists <laughs> descended on Venice. So all the, all the streets and alleyways are very, very narrow. And so we're just bottlenecked with like tourists and bright neon windbreakers and you know, like, and so it's like, we're trying to have this like cool shoot with like this tourists picking their nose right in the background. So it's just like, so all our shots we had planned and all the tech, tech scout we did all ruined, you know, cause it's like every place is jam packed. And so we really had to like go on the fly as far as like, uh, as far as like trying to get a shot where, I don't know, it just didn't look like, like street photography, you know, trying to, yeah. trying to tell our story. I, that was like one of my favorite shoots because that was the one that really, really tested me and challenged me as a photographer is like, Hey man, this happened. Okay. We can't cancel it. This girl's $70,000 a day. Like we can't reschedule it. Like we're halfway across the world. What do you do? And we made it work. You know, like we, we totally made it work. Uh, and I was very proud of that shoot. That was, uh, I think it was like three, three or four years ago, but that, and then another one we did in Southern France, where we did 27 looks in four cities in one day in Southern France. We, we did Saint, we, we started in Saint-Tropez, then we went to Nice, drove to Nice, then jean Ferrar, and then ended in uh, Aix-en-Provence. So we did four cities, 27 looks, one day, and that was with mo- the model yeah. Marl Tourist, and she's at Next New York. She was so lovely, oh my God. Like that girl, at her level, she could have been like, what are we doing? You're dragging me all over Southern France. That, that model could not have been a more of a pleasant companion on that day and really just so professional. So again, like, I, think, I think the theme here that I'm recalling my favorite shoots are ones that really challenge you and stretch you. But I mean, shooting in those locations sounds amazing. I, I wanted to know um, in terms of like your relationship, I kind of want to move into that. So you do have a crazy schedule. So, and your wife also, she's a producer, right? Yeah, she's an executive television producer for as long as I've been doing photography. She's been that doing that for like 15 years. So you both probably have crazy schedules and then how yeah. do you manage seeing each other? Well, she moved from the field. So she was on the, she was in the field. So she was going all over the country shooting stuff. And about uh, five, six years ago, she moved into post. So she's an EP in post now. So what happens with that? one office in, in Los Angeles that she reports to. And then all the footage comes in daily from the field. And she oversees like, you know, a dozen editors, basically. So she's not traveling anymore. Since she kind of moved over into post, you know, I, I see her every day, so. And how did you guys meet? Uh, her best friend uh, was my neighbor at my old apartment building off Melrose. And one day our, our mutual friend, my neighbor had a party I, you know, I attended and I saw Summer from across the room. I was like, hey, you look like someone I'm going to marry. I didn't say that. But I was just, but did was, you think that? I could say that after like the second date, I, I would say that. Yeah, I was. I said I didn't necessarily know I was going to marry, but I was like, OK, this is a relationship. Like 
I'm if going. I, what, I'm going to be in a long term relationship with this. Are girl. you a Libra? What's your? I'm a Libra. Oh, I'm so fucking good. This is the second <laughs> interview I've done where I've guessed their sign. Dude, it's two for two. Talent. It's a nice. hidden talent that I have that I can guess people's signs. Anyways, I digress. But so when you met her and you like on the second date, what was it about her that made you know that? Uh, because we we had a conversation for eight hours. Yeah, just, I mean, just that's, total that's chemistry. So it was an eight-hour date. Yeah, about yeah. Wowza! Oh my god! And so, how long did it take for you guys to like get married? Like, what was like? Right. How long well, well, I'll I'll answer that. Uh, we moved in six months later, but we didn't get married for another four years, and that was because I was an assistant at that time. I hadn't taken up photography yet. Um, oh, again, I, I, okay. I didn't okay. I didn't get into photography till I was thirty. I just think with with what I know about dating and my experience with dating in LA, like the fact that you knew that like on the second date is sort of like incredibly amazing. So I want to also know about what do you guys do on your downtime and how have you guys been coping with everything that's going on? We are pretty much homebodies. Like again, like I had my party phase when I lived in Chicago. My idea of a fun time is like a four-hour dinner with like intimate friends. Same. I so totally it's like, do. what do we do? We come, we're home by. We sit, we Netflix and chill, and you know, and you know, maybe sit outside. We have a really nice yard. Do you guys now. cook? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm a big. I I cook most most of the meals. I'm really big into cooking. What kind of like? Is there a certain like um, genre of you that you like to cook? Yeah, the instant pot, <laughs> which is a pressure cooker. <laughs> I'm I'm totally into the instant pot culture. I, I love, love the instant pot. Love too. it. So I have a I have, I have a, you know a dozen recipes that I kind of rotate, and so I like really I like controlling what I put in my body um, because it you know I need to kind of fuel my fitness goals, and so cooking myself was the only reason only way I could really control that because I didn't want to get like you know those pre made meals that get delivered to you. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of fun, you know, it's just, it's, it's like, also just, I think even if you like, it's a luxury to have those delivery plans to you, like the Sakaras of the world. But the thing is like, I still would prefer to make my own food, know exactly what is in it, like you. And also I think there's like a ritual involved with cooking, like a nice meal for yourself. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing spiritual about it almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Honestly, even doing like mundane chores, like, yard work or cleaning the kitchen there is something like just meditative and it's totally yeah i I don't mind that you feel like you've accomplished things well what except when it comes to scrubbing the baseboards i don't like doing that so i'll I'll yeah i'll say someone to do that really really well what (laughs) okay so i want to also know during this time are you back to work or not really um i started yeah clients have started slowly kind of coming out because it's like they need they need content there was the grand experiment of sending models clothes during quarantine and having them, you know, do it on iPhone with their boyfriends or selfies. And that's certainly something that's still practiced, I'm sure. But you really, you can't, those things are inconsistent. Uh, So there's been this kind of like um, a rush. I have been doing um, a lot of e-com lately because it's just been backed up. Because like we need, they're like, we need images. We need content. We need e-com. And they need to uh, their product. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Like Shopbox been shooting on mannequins. I know they're like eager to get back to shooting on models because, you know, models like a human, there's something about a human being connecting, but there's still, there's still hesitation though, because uh, I, had a, I had one client coming from Italy who were, who were like, Hey, we want to come in July cause we need to shoot for Christmas and we want to shoot it, you know, in like the California mountains, like Arrowhead, Big Bear kind of vibe. How's it going over there? And like, that was right as quarantine was, things were starting to spike, which was like two weeks ago. 
and yeah. uh, where things are starting to uh, ramp up to spike again, I'm like, it's actually not a good time to come because <laughs> I, yeah. I can't promise you'll get into the country on the day you leave. <laughs> and I can't promise you can, you can get back into your own country, you know? So yeah. it's been tenuous, but we're doing the best we can because at the end of the day, it's like the fashion industry is a trillion dollar industry. That, that machine's not going to be stopped because of this. It's just going to be modified. We're in that phase right now where we're figuring out like how that's going to look before um, mm-hmm. a vaccine is available, you know, or, you know, zombie virus hits next. Uh, or- like, or it mutates. Like, I don't, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Anyways, but I want to know in terms of Black Lives Matters and the discussion that's going around, the movement that's that's happening right now, in addition to the pandemic, yeah. what are your thoughts on all that? Well, I think, I think a couple of things is, A, we're already well on our way to embodying and embracing diversification, not only in ethnicities, but also in body types. This was mm-hmm. happening, you know, two, three years ago uh, when, when it all started. Of course, it was long overdue even then, but we're kind of already on our way to doing that. And it kind of continues. And I think clients want that because that's also a market. There are consumers who are multi-ethnic or, you know, coming into their own like, okay, now I'm, I'm now 15, 16, 17, 18. I've got money. What do I buy? Like these yeah. These customers exist, so why wouldn't we represent them? So mm-hmm. if nothing else, it's a capitalistic, good business sense. Like, here's a customer. Let's represent them. Obviously, but, we should be doing it for better reasons than just making money. I get it. Yeah. But I, I think we're on the way there. And as far as, like, companies apologizing, the cynical part of me is saying, you're just saying this, so you're not going to get put on blast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The, the more positive part of me is, like, I really hope you mean it. Those, those are my general thoughts on it. Yeah. What about like the whole cancel culture? That's really popular. Yeah, that's, what, that's, are, what are your thoughts on that? Because it really, I think it's almost the most dangerous thing. Yeah, I think there's a mob mentality to it. And I think there's just that kind of, that bloodlust that's like, oh, let's get them. Let's get them. By the way, yeah. we were doing this in a different way. We've been doing this to celebrities well before the internet. You know, we, we, love to, we love to build people up and then and tear them down. can't wait to te- tear them down. Yeah. You know, like, so now it's just happening to the everyday civilian. I think it's just so dangerous. It's, it's so toxic to the culture, to the, to society. Like I'm just not for it. You know, yeah, it's not going to help anyone in the long run. It's, 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 mo- it's mob rule. You know, there's a reason yeah. the, the jury, like, like the court's overseen by one person, you know, it was like an open court. It's be like chaos and the internet's chaos. But anyway, it's true. Um, on to happier topic, yeah. um, like during this sort of downtime, what have you been doing to sort of lighten the mood? Are there certain TV shows you've been watching, movies, sure, yeah. books, podcasts? Tell me everything. Sure. So uh, I think like everyone else in the world, Tiger King captured the interest, not necessarily hearts, but captured the intrigue of America. Uh, Ozark, you know, basically modern, or, you know, that's kind of uh, updated Breaking Bad. Uh, excellent show. Devs, which is an amazing science fiction. Devs stars Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, but it's and it's he's in a role not not ever seen. I've never seen him in a role like this before. It's a very serious and dramatic role he plays. It's created by the director of X and writer of Ex Machina. Oh, okay, okay. So so it's very much in. It's very much thematically along the lines of that movie. Only it's its own show, of course. But the art direction is just beautiful. And then as far as what I've been doing, I taught myself Adobe Premiere, which is a editing software program because I wanted to yeah. do more video. And I've always been threatening myself to, you know, do more, start doing more video. Finally, I had four months of absolutely doing nothing. 
to be able to dedicate the time to that. Um, good for you. Yeah, I actually don't like people are like, how are you doing with quarantine, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, I don't mind it. Uh, a, a, I'm kind of a, I'm not an introvert, but I don't know. I'm a little bit of a homebody nowadays, so I don't mind being at home. You're not the first, second or third person to say that on this yeah. pod, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm totally of that sentiment too. Like I love being at home, so I totally get it. Yeah. And it's just like this, I mean, you, you understand this too. In this, in, in a lot of the creative and professional creative industries, it is a hustle, hustle, hustle. Whenever you're sleeping, someone else is making money or someone else is getting further than you. Well, that's the perception at least. So it's the culture we perpetuate yeah, at least. Right. It's just like, if you're not working 24 seven on weekends, if you're not always thinking, doing, what can I do? How can I not only can I improve my craft, but how do I get the next job? How do I, how do I beat out this guy or girl? It's just like this constant micro stress that you just mm -hmm. carry with you. And so for four months, I was able to finally unclench, knowing yeah. that it's not just me, it's literally Everyone. the entire world there's nothing you can do, Lucas. There's, yeah. there's no, you're not losing ground. Why don't you just like, you know, like take this moment, realize that, uh, and just be present and just maybe think about other things in life. And I was like, finally, I can actually take the time to sit down, research and learn and practice Premiere. And I learned it. I can shoot my own video now and I can edit it and I could, I could say, hey client, um, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think that you should definitely not even ask and just start charging. That's yeah. my opinion. I'm just telling yeah. you. But um, <laughs> in terms of any other books or shows or podcasts that you've been listening to, like specifics? Right. Um, I've discovered there's a whole other genre of podcasts, which are kind of uh, basically they're fictional, uh, but they're also narrative and they're like radio plays. So they're not mm -hmm. based on any kind of pre-existing book. It's not like an audio book. Yeah. It's a completely new experience, but it's like a full cast with like sound effects and a score. So there's a really popular one called The Left Right Game. Uh, the, the star of it is Tessa Thompson, who is a wonderful actress. She was in Thor. She plays the Valkyrie in all the Marvel movies. And um, it's a really cool and engaging, it's a very Stephen King uh, type of story. But my point is, is like, I just discovered there's a whole genre out there that are basically, you know, modern day radio plays, which, yeah. are, re which are really cool. So I got into another, really one called, cool. another one called The Carrier, which is about a semi-truck semi driver who realizes she's transporting a monster in the back. It's crazy. It's oh. awesome. There's one called Blackout, and it stars Remy Malek, who, you know, is the star of Mr. Robot. And it's about one day all the electricity goes out in the world. And he's he's DJ on the last radio station that has power and what anyway, but it's just really cool. That's I just, cool. Just didn't know there's I didn't know there's that whole world out there. So that's yeah. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, that if, if anything, the left right game is really I mean, and it's probably the most popular one. Amazon just bought it for a million dollars, and they're gonna make really? it into a TV show on Amazon with Tessa Thompson. So uh, it's uh, it's pretty pretty good, pretty weird, it's pretty out there. Okay, and this is my last question. I know we're not ever going to get back to how it used to be, but what are you most looking forward to in when once we get to our new normal? I want, yeah, I just want to shoot. Like, I just want to get, it's like, I have these personal projects. I'm like, oh, I, I need, I need talent. I need a crew and we can do it safely. We should do it. Maybe no hugging and we should wear masks, but like, I want to, because I just, I want to shoot them. What are, what about like, okay. In terms of work? Yeah. You're excited to get back to work, but what about like just restaurants and stuff like that? Is there yeah. anything you can't wait to get back to? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, like my idea of going out is to like a four hour dinner with like friends and yeah. we just have like one of those like long, like 10 course dinners. You kind of keep ordering, wine keeps flowing. 
You know, like that's my socialization. That's 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 my good time with friends. Where are your favorite places to do that? Uh, yeah, so um, so I love this place in Pasadena called Bone Kettle, which is amazing kind of Asian fusion restaurants. Uh, Sugarfish, of course, duh, Sugarfish. Oh, Factory, Factory Kitchen is a favorite. Mastros, of course, a little. E- it's easy to say Mastros, but it's nonetheless delicious. You know, you know what I also enjoy is so I. I just I'm really embedded in the fashion photographer community out here and like basically all my friends are photographers so I love no I love that you guys are so cute yeah there's there's a big group of us you know um and I love all like when we can as many of us as possible just going to like a during the day I love day drinking I love going to like a a beer garden or you know like a brewery or something like that Mm -hmm. just sitting sitting outside nice day shooting the shit casually sipping like I don't need to get wasted anymore, but it's just like just hanging out, talking, text, you know, technical stuff like gear and and just swapping stories. Nerdy like out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, exactly. so where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me. My Instagram is at Lucas Passmore, L-U-C-A-S, and then Passmore uh, spells how it sounds like Passmore. Uh, my website LucasPassmore.com, and then I, although I'm not as active on it anymore. Um, my Tumblr, which we talked about, you know, early on, oh, yeah, is uh, lucaspassmore.tumblr.com. And the only reason I bring that up, I do a lot of quest. I used to do a lot of Q and A on it, so oh. you can go back and you kind of see. Basically, where tum- that Tumblr is where I post all my tests. You know, sometimes I post yeah. um, like a like a it's personal. It's a great resource for anyone who's interested in getting into photography. For yeah, sure. but like I do a ton. I'm like a ton of like for years and years and years uh i do a ton of q a and i answer i do my best to answer each question as thoroughly as possible i don't i don't have any secrets I, i'm happy to share every bit of my process with you i, I tell all my post process i tell all my lenses i i, I don't pretend Lucas, I, you're such a man yeah you're yeah so i so if you're interested if you're a photographer you just, just start scrolling back in time and you'll find a gajillion questions from how do I start testing with agencies to how do I work with models to what lenses you use for this and why to how did you get those colorings in that photo? What do, what filters do you use, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I hold nothing back. So if it's awesome. a, a very passive educational tool, potential educational tool for anyone who's interested if you like my work or just curious how I do things. Aw. Yeah, man. Well, thank you very much. This has been Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Thanks, Anna. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Lucas. All of his info is included in the show notes as well as all the info for the podcast. You can email us or direct message us and please rate, review, and share and have a great week. We'll see you next week.